Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with your co-host, the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice, and his wife, Jeannie. Michael and Jeannie share with you the wisdom of the ancient Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. They offer tools and support five days a week. They will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love. In Aramaic, Rachma. Michael is the author of Why Is This Happening to Me Again? For more information on Michael and Jeannie, please visit www.whyagain.com. And now your co-host, the forgiveness doctor, Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice. To the brightness within you and the truth that is rooted within me. Hi and welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with the forgiveness doctor, Dr. Michael Rice. I'm your co-host, Jeannie Rice, along with Dr. Tim Hayes, and we welcome you to the show. Today is Monday, September 14th, 2015, and our calling number is 646-200-4169. Press 1, and that puts you in queue to talk to us. And we would love to hear your comments and your questions, because that would make this your show. Welcome, Michael. Well, I hear some rattling, but I don't hear your voice. All right, you've got me. There you are. Getting to the mute button was challenging. What can I say? A little bit of a slow response. Anyway, thank you, and welcome, everybody. We're honored, we're delighted, and we're blessed by the fact that you're here with us. It is uh, just a privilege. I was actually walking down the road here at Hartley and just last night and looking over the property and was just struck with this overwhelming appreciation for everything we have and everything that we get to do. And, of course, the core of what we get to do is to bring first century Aramaic forgiveness and the understanding of all the ideas that come out of the Aramaic forward to the world and to bring transformation that's just beyond what our normal thought processes and our normal culture can conceive of. And so it's pretty awesome to have this opportunity and to have this as a way of being in the world. And our commitment is to make these principles available to every mind, heart, and being on the planet. So that's what we're about and that's what we're working toward. One of the uh, pieces of the puzzle that's kind of come up to me once again and, and clarity on another level is to really request and invite and support people in letting go of this Greek idea of loving your neighbor and loving your enemy. It is a huge, huge mistake and it's a setup for failure. If we have within our genes or within our structure anger, hatred, fear, rage, guilt, pain, drama, trauma, it is guaranteed that your neighbor or your enemy is going to bring that up in you. Your child, your spouse, 
somebody's got to bring that forward. And then to effort doing something called love toward them when your rage or your guilt or your fear is up is insane. It was never a suggestion from the ancient teacher called Yeshua. The idea that was mistranslated from the Aramaic says more correctly, maintain your true nature love in the presence of the creator or your neighbor or you're thinking about them. Maintain your human life. So this commandment is not an obligation toward your neighbor or toward the creator. It's an obligation toward yourself. In order to do that, there are conditions within you that are unlike love, which, because they exist in you, will resonate or draw someone to you who will bring those things up in you. And when those rages and guilts and griefs and fears come up, it's insane to try to do love. Rather, learn to forgive that which you are feeling that probably you're blaming your neighbor for. Learn to forgive that. And when you think forgive, think remove rather than letting somebody else off the hook. And as you remove that rage, guilt, grief, fear, pain, drama, or trauma, all that's left is you, human being. Hold a newborn child, you know exactly what a human being is. And so if you stand in that space, now you are following that what was called the command. Now you're following the truth of what you were invited to do, to live as the presence of love in your life, no matter what anybody else is doing. And if you're living as the presence of love in your life, it's depending on what somebody else does, then you're in trouble. Because you're not living a human life. You're living out of the non-being self, the image in the mind that you were taught to think you are. And so to, to let go of that setup or failure. Again, if you have hate in you, someone's going to show up. Some neighbor's going to show up and resonate your hate. If you have fear in you, somebody's going to show up to resonate that. Guilt, grief, or whatever. When they do, follow the obligation towards self of giving that energy so that you can stand as a human being, as a space of love rather than giving your human life up. So that's what we're here to support. We're here to teach, to learn, to engage in ancient technology of forgiveness. And again, when you think forgive, think remove, rather than the Greek idea of I let you off the hook for what's happening inside of me. The more I let you off the hook for what's happening inside of me, the more I reinforce what's happening inside of me, and the more that I'm going to get to experience. And so it's a whole different game when you go to the Aramaic than what the Greeks taught us. The man named Yeshua sat in most circles today where supposedly his thoughts are talked about, his teachings are talked about, he would say that's all Greek to me. It is so bizarre and so insane and so backward that it becomes an impossible thing to live. I had somebody post on a Facebook page uh, just the other day that, you know, around the whole 9-11 thing, somebody had posted about how many Americans died and then one and a half million uh, uh, Iraqis, etc. And this person who's very much a gentle 
caring person, said, yeah, well, we have the right to defend ourselves. Yeah, they killed 3,000 Americans. We have the right to kill one and a half million Iraqis. It's like, hello? Excuse me? Nobody that was accused, and that's a big stretch, was from Iraq. Didn't have anything to do with it. Anyway, Afghanistan. They were from Afghanistan. The whole game is bizarre. And it leaves us stuck in the non-being mind, which is insane. Bring forward sanity, bring forward your human life. But this person is a pretty gentle, caring person. It's like, well, we have the right to do that. Excuse me. You don't have the right to raise an arm and damage of anyone because you don't deserve the damage you're inflicting on them. You get the original of every damage you do. They just get a carbon copy. If you haven't engaged in the forgiveness processes yet, then we invite you to go to our website, whyagain.org, and if you scroll down the page a little bit, you'll see a bullseye in the middle of the page. That'll open a whole series of links. Here's how you engage in forgiveness. And the pièce de résistance in those links is there are 16 different radio shows where either Dr. Tim or myself or Jeannie just walk somebody through the whole forgiveness process step by step by step. Full instructions, it's all there. It's not an easy way to think. It's the reverse of what you've been taught, so it's going to take time. That's why we have posted free those 16 links, your MP3s, start listening, build the brain cells, you'll live in a different world, I promise you. And so that's what we're here to support. That's what we're here to learn, and that's what we're here to teach. So, Jeannie, do we have Dr. Tim with us today? Yes, we do. Hello, Dr. Tim. Hey there, sir. Welcome. Hello. How are things in Theodosia? Things are good in Theodosia. It's cooled down. The weather's absolutely beautiful. We've got this gorgeous sunny day, and it's probably about, I don't know, maybe 70 degrees out. Very uh, uh, dry uh, weather and just absolutely beautiful. So we're getting lots of projects done. Properties moving forward. Uh, things are being upgraded and worked on, and you know, everything is just really rocking along. Wonderful. Well, I was enjoying your intro, and it made me want to call out, "Yeah, but where do we get this?" And then right there at the end, you chimed in with the website where you have the Reality Management Worksheet, which is a very powerful tool. And I really liked in the explanation the idea that it's probably just resonating slightly different brain cells for me because I've heard it so many times, but the idea that this really is a difficult task mostly because of our conditioning. It wouldn't be as difficult if our conditioning wasn't in 180 degrees the opposite direction. For sure. But if we can begin to just sit with, some call it meditate, some call it mindfulness, some call it being aware, but we can sit with our true nature and that peace or calm that comes when we're not trying to do something with that conscious mind or logical mind, or rational mind. And then from there, extend that energy to others. It really gets a lot easier. Really gets a lot easier. At least for me it does. 
I'm with you on that one. And in order to heal, we got to be out of our minds, and that's certainly a big piece of the puzzle and the process. And one of the challenges, of course, is that most people hear about it and say, rah, rah, yeah, yeah, I want to go do that, until that which they need to heal is up. And then they can turn it around, find somebody to blame. I mean, I've even had people blame me. <laughs> and then turn tail and run the other way. But that's just part of the process, is that the mind, as you say, so conditioned to blame somebody else when it's feeling its worst, has its worst perception, and its perception appears to be about everybody else, rather than the internal dynamic that's happening. And it's it's a, a great deal of learning to walk through that, you know, fairly rare are the people who will walk through that and come out the other side, at least at this point, because I think it's such a new dynamic on the planet, and we're working to create a critical mass of people who will make that walk, come out the other side, realizing that everything they've been feeling is internal, belongs to them, it doesn't belong to what their mind is making pictures of, and then opening the space a little wider for others to do it. So it's a, an amazing, awesome process. When the physicist Yeshua says a little leavening, leavens the whole loaf, I'm sure he wasn't talking about bread. He was talking about us as humanity. Enough people through that gate, and we're on track. Well, and I would just offer a, a slightly different way to talk about it. I think the learning that's needed is very slight. Unlearning, the peeling off the layers of conditioning. If I was 45 years old and had a doctorate in clinical psychology, before I heard the message this clearly, 100% responsibility for what I'm feeling inside me. That means I've got 45 years of conditioning to undo. And the learning that my true nature is this energy of love is is pretty simple and straightforward. If I can find a way to tap into what I felt when I held my children, when they were newborns, when I can tap into the most loving experience of my life, that's it. And then I just need to keep coming back to that. And every time the garbage comes up, unlearn or peel back or dismantle the garbage. So it's really a pretty simple process. It's just not very easy. 100% agreement. Well, anything that you're seeing in the way of patterns to talk about today or anything exciting to share with us? Well, I, I suppose the, the the pattern for today would be denial. And, um, and I'm not talking about that river in Egypt. I'm talking about blaming someone or something outside of myself for what I'm feeling. And... I had an interesting thing happen. I had a voicemail this morning when I got to the office. And it was um, a mature woman's voice. And she was telling me that she was canceling her appointment for her son for tomorrow. And she went on to tell me all of the negative things about me that are making this necessary. That I'm arrogant and harsh and her son picked it up right away, and he's an excellent 
judge of character and wow <laughs> talk and, about misperception <laughs> well but that was you know so i had an initial session with her because she wanted to screen the therapist before her 15 year old son came in and then i had a session with her and him and then i asked her to leave so i could talk to him for a while alone and and in essence point of my bringing it up is the reaction in me as I listen to this I've had several new patients in the past week and one of them was I thought you know a very good connection as a matter of fact they scheduled a follow-up session immediately uh, as did this person but the interesting point, the reason I'm bringing it up, is that as I listened to this voicemail, my mind just started throwing all of these things at me. Like, wait a minute, is this, you know, John Smith that we had this really good connection with that I thought, my, I can really help this young man, and he's very bright, and wait a minute, is this this person? Or wait a minute, how was I arrogant? What did I do wrong? How did I screw this up? And I just sat back and watched you know minor minor feelings of confusion stronger feelings of panic and and then it clicked into me who this you know out of the list of three or four new patients i had last week who this person was and as soon as it clicked in who it was the the relief was present so it triggered relief in me. So because the, the the two or three patients that I really thought I could help, I thought one of them was calling to say, you're arrogant, you're harsh, you're, you don't listen, et cetera. And when I thought that, my internal response was agitation, fear, upset, and as soon as it clicked in who this person was, that all melted away. So, you know, just it goes right in line with what you were saying. I have all of these energies of sadness, of fear, of guilt, of worry, of anger, of upset. I have them in me. I carry them around with me all day, every day. And when I listened to a voice message and it resonates some uh, energies in my ear that go into my brain and stir up all of these upsets, I get to experience the upset that I had hiding in me as I walked into the office today feeling pretty good. You know, it's my office. I'm I'm doing okay here. The business is going well, and people seem to like it. And so I'm. it's all hidden from me until some sounds vibrate in my ear and it accesses all of this old content of inadequacy or worry or so I just thought I'd I'd lay that out there and the denial part comes in a part of me wants to go oh oh well I know who this is and it's all her issue and it, as like Dr. Rice said it was completely you know misperception on her part so there's nothing for me to do and in terms of changing her perception or her son's perception, there's nothing for me to do. But in terms of dismantling 
that upset, that worry, that sadness, that guilt, that fear, that's my work. That's where my future worksheets and tapping and breath sessions need to go. So that's my offering for today. Isn't it awesome when people give us those gifts that give us a chance to see another part of ourselves? No. I know that. No. <laughs> no. No. Yes, yes, yes. You'd never heal it. If you didn't see it, it would remain yeah, in hiding. Was there. What remains in hiding is what kills us. Right, but I didn't know it was there. I was skipping along, <laughs> having a good day, thinking everything's great. I hear you. I have been there and done that a few times myself. <laughs> so I understand. It definitely, you know, and that's one of the things that I always offer to teachers are people who tap into this work and go, wow, I want to do this. This is mine to do. I'm going to go out on the road and do Michael Rice. It's like, no, no, no. Stay home. It's much cheaper at home to learn what you need to learn and work what you need to work through. And when you do that, <laughs> and you've worked through most of those layers, then go on the road. But the road's a very expensive place to go out and learn what it is that you need to deal with. So that's uh, that's definitely, and, and life is guaranteed to, you know, act like a mind shifter, to give us opportunities to look at what we haven't looked at. And I know that for me, after all these years of doing this, I, I see the adversarial situation is the question that always gives me awesome answers and insight and new depth of understanding to the whole process. So it's pretty cool. Pretty sweet. Although sometimes in the moment it's bitter sweet. Yes. Agreed. And it only becomes sweet for me after I do the worksheet or stack of worksheets and I actually lighten my own load. Yep, yep. Cool. Awesome. Fabulous. Well, let's check in and see if uh, Jeannie's got anybody in the phone queue with a hand up or anything happening in the chat room where there are any significant questions. There are no questions in the chat room, but we do have a hand up, and it's 901, so I think this might be Brenda. Yes, it is. Hi. Hey there, young lady. How are you? I am doing wonderfully. Uh, the weather that you're having in Theodosia, we are having in Memphis. So it's awesome. beautiful. It is beautiful. Well, I called with another question, but in listening to what you were talking about and on some breaking news that we just had out of Mississippi, I'm going to tell you what the news is because it will be going national. And Uh in dealing with, there was a young lady who had called, I believe, last week in regard to how do we deal with the emotions or how do we not add to the drama trauma when things happen around the world, you know, perceived to be atrocious things happening. And so this, I think, will lead into it. There was a professor at Delta University in Mississippi who has just been uh, killed by a uh, shooter. And they're, of course, looking for the person. So 
um, my comment was over the last year, I have been working with a response for myself to when these things happen. And so I'd like to share it. It is, um, you are not a body. And when I do this, anybody who's involved in the situation, I picture in my mind as my neighbors, the Aramaic uh, concept of neighbors. And so I say, you are not a body, you are free, so you are as the creator made be. You are one with me, you are pure, innocent, and the Your your voice just kind of lowered. I'm not sure if it's just my phone, but I'm not really hearing you very well. Here, let me me change this because I'm on speaker, so maybe if I get off of... Yeah, we just about lost you there. Are you there, Brenda? Hello? Jeannie, can you still hear me? Yes. Okay. Well, we've yeah, lost you're, Brenda. You're clear. It was it oh. was Brenda that faded and then completely dropped out eventually. And she actually yeah. totally dropped off, and she's back on, so let me turn her back on again. There, let's okay, try let's it again. Okay, let's go for it. Okay, okay. let's try again, young lady. We lost you there. I was trying to get off the speaker and I hit the uh, end button. Anyway, so it's you are not not a body, you are free, for you are as the creator made thee. You are one with me, you are pure, you are innocent, and the creator's will for us is peace, love, and joy. And I find that if I go into that immediately, when I hear something, then I'm able to put out the energy that we're all learning to do, the love energy. So I'm sharing that with anybody. And if uh, those who are listening, if we can do our work, if something's coming up, do our worksheets and use this situation to practice what we are learning. And I'll let you comment on that. And then my second question was on the commitment. And we learned that the in watching your videos, um, the Aramaic definition of the heart was the unconscious. And when I was reading the commitment again, we also used the word heart, and I immediately went to the unconscious, the definition of that being the unconscious mind. So if you want to make a comment on that. And I'll just listen for what you have to say on both those things. Well, when we live, as Dr. Tim spoke about earlier, in denial, then we create this unconscious condition called the heart. And with that unconscious closed, we hide from ourselves the part of ourselves that we need to heal. If I'm in relationship with someone and I open my heart and listen, if I open my unconscious and listen, then I'm going to get to see all kinds of things that otherwise would be invisible to me. And as I'm able to see those things, as as Dr. Tim said, he's able to work through them. So not, you know, the situation that he just described to us when he listened to this phone call started to resonate things that were in his heart or his unconscious. 
things that he wasn't aware were there. That's why we call it the unconscious. And so, and many people say, well, if I had any of that, then I'd be aware of it. It's like, no, that's why we call it the unconscious. You're not aware of it. And, you know, it's pretty well established in psychological circles that for most people, at least 95% of their mental processes are unconscious. And so when I'm willing to open that, then I can get to see clearly all the parts of me that you resonate that otherwise I keep hidden from myself. And when I open that space in me, I open my heart and listen and learn to speak, experience, and be responsible for my own realities, then I'm going to learn to become more and more responsible for what's going on inside of me and get to move through and out the other side. And that's what we're heading for. And by the way, thank you for your text. I haven't had the space to uh, to get to review that, but uh, if if that's the way the wording goes on the uh, the uh, PowerPoint, you're exactly right, and we'll make sure we get that corrected. So thank you for that input. In the meantime, the professor, I, I don't have any idea. I haven't, you know, we don't do much with the news, but uh, we'll certainly hold the space of love for him, for his family and for whoever the perpetrator was, that uh, healing opens and happens. It's time for the insanity to be dissolved from the planet. Yes, and I think that because there will be a lot of... You know, speaker, speaker, speakerphone isn't working very well. How about now? There you go. Better. Can you, can you hear me now? Okay, and I just thought that as as the things go naturally like things do, there will be a lot of mind energy that is in opposition of what we're learning is necessary to bring peace on the planet. So those of us who are working with this, if we can put in the, do our work around the situation that it may help to lessen the ongoing impact of all the spraying that's going to be going out of the minds of of uh, so many people. Absolutely, and 2,000%. I'm in full agreement that uh, when somebody can hold a space uh, that's different than what the rest of the world is doing, then the whole game gets to change. And that's what we're here to do, to change the whole game, because the whole game is done with smoke and mirrors. Everybody's pointing at everybody else and how it's all everybody else's fault. That's that's the state of the earth today. And it's insane. You know, one of my favorite tongue-in-cheek lines, which you've heard me say a hundred times, is the one that says that it's all done with smoke and mirrors. When I realize that it's inside of me, then I get to feel directly what's inside of me rather than having to put what's in my unconscious into my brain's image of you and pretend that you're the problem in my life. And when I start to look at those things directly rather than put them into my brain's image of you, then I get to change that whole game. And when the game changes, the game changes. The other thing that I do after I've said my uh, the piece that I gave is I visualize a heart enveloping everybody involved. And mm-hmm. so I'm hoping that that, you know, puts out the right strength. In regard to the um, 
unconscious on the the commitment. When you use the word heart in the commitment, are we talking about the unconscious or are we talking about a different uh, heart? Yes. <laughs> All of it. Exactly. And and here okay. this, this ties in. This was uh, a post. I, I mentioned this earlier, but let me just read this person's comment. So the the post was, rest in peace to 2,996 Americans who died in 9-11. Rest in peace to 1.455 million innocent Iraqis who died during the U.S. invasion for something they didn't do. And so the uh, message that someone who I've experienced as being a pretty gentle person, the, uh, the message that this person left was um, just followed up, rest in peace those who died in September 11, and God bless America. And my response to that post was, can compassion leave out the other cells in our body that have borne the brunt of our collective wrath? And then the response came back, which kind of surprised me. Of course not. The Lord is equally compassionate to every soul. The battle had to be fought to protect country and lives that were lost in the process. We were attacked. We responded in kind. And I was very shocked because I I didn't expect that kind of response from this person who's powerfully spiritually oriented. So my response was, and and it ties in right with what you're asking about, what you're speaking about, of holding that space. Responding in kind makes us participants in the energy that creates the insanity of the world. In this world and of this world leaves us ruled and driven by what holds our attention. Free from our own violence by forgiveness takes us out of our own insanity and opens a space for healing, not just ourselves, but anyone we turn our attention toward. Healing all involved. The master said, you have heard it said, hate your enemy, but I bring you a new commandment. Yeshua brought a new level of understanding, never previously understood on the planet, the healing power of conscious, active, present love. And when we're able to tap into that, then rather than unconscious participants adding energy to the insanity of what happens, we become conscious participants adding the energy of love to what happens. And love changes things it transforms things and so i think you're right on with what you're talking about with your visualization and uh and the tool that you use that's awesome we're glad you're on the team apologies there i had muted it because there was a background noise so oh i'm sorry yes i'm walking on the street um you had uh, mentioned when you mentioned that you were surprised at the response because this was a um highly spiritually advanced person, um, I experienced similar right after 9-11. I was, I don't know where I was, somewhere around the world, and um, having dinner with um, some crew members from another airline, and the conversation, of course, was around 9-11, and the one crew member had identified himself as a born-again Christian, 
And as this discussion ensued, it was around that whether or not we should have done what we did after 9-11. And I expressed that I felt that it was not the correct decision. And so they asked me what I would have done. And I related to them that I had come up to Heartland right after that, and you had tried to get on the radio to call for the world to be in a state of uh, mental peace in light of the situation. And he asked me, well, what was my solution? And I said, well, if our president had gotten on worldwide radio and said that this was a chance for us to envelop everybody involved in love and ask the world to spend the next six months in a space of love that I felt that we could, as a human race, have stopped the cycle of violence. And he said, well, that would never work. And I said, well, Yeshua, that's what he told us we were to do, is love our enemies. And his response was, well, his teachings are no longer relevant. (laughs) <laughs> and yeah, I, he didn't know what I, he was talking about. He was only God. <laughs> I had I had no answer. I was just really surprised to to hear that like you were. And so I think that uh it um I was not surprised when you when you had said that, but that is a concept when we get into into war that these are holy wars and that they have to be done. So anyway, and that's my comment. <laughs> Yep. Well, they do have to be done in order for those in business to keep their profits high and uh, and keep the game going. You know, it's just there's a there's an interesting book which you can buy. I think it's only three or four dollars on Amazon called "War Is a Racket" and it's written by the uh. most decorated uh, Marine veteran back in the time period of World War One. Who, who in his writing acknowledges that he never had an original thought when he was in the military, and he lays out the whole racket and what it's all about. And nothing's changed except the stakes have gotten bigger and bigger, and they're going bigger right. and deeper into people's pockets. It's just, you know, right. it's, it's a game. It's a, it's, it's, a, it's a money-making proposition. And that's, and of course, when you get people to believe the story about enemies and it's somebody else's fault that I'm feeling this way, and then you get people who've had violence done to them and tell them there's an enemy out there that they can then go and do violence to them. Well, gee, you got a formula for a winner there. And, right. you know, it's just about changing that game. And with the uh, with um, the social media that we have or with the worldwide media capability that we have, I think that then we have even more mind energy going into that, which is simply accelerating the uh, the cycle faster and faster until at some point in time we we hit critical mass um, and manifest the peace that we want. So I'm going to hang up and let All right. else talk. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Okay. You add to that the fact that, and I forget exactly the number, but I think that the all of the major media, television, radio, and newspapers in America all of the editorial decisions are made by 260 people in America. 
what are you going to get to hear? 260 people in a click and a cabal are going to put in what they want you to hear. And if you don't open your eyes and really start searching, it's easy to fall into the, the trap of how uh, it's all somebody else's fault. And so we're here to change that game. And Jeannie, anybody with a hand up in the phone queue or anybody else in the chat room with a comment or a question? Nobody has their hand up, and the conversation in the chat room is uh, Maureen was asking, she's gone back to school and, and was talking about how to bring this work in in her papers because I had mentioned, I think it was Friday in the chat room, I had talked about, you know, that somebody asked me what book I was getting ready to write because you had mentioned that you and I both would be writing during their sabbatical. And uh, so I was telling her that, you know, during my school, I was uh, – you know, I did four years in three and a half, but the majority of it was done in essays because that was the only way that they could tell doing it online that I was really getting the information and not just, you know, taking my test using an open book or whatever. So I'm taking all of my essays and putting them into a book format and putting them in, in order and using them. So she was asking, you know, how to bring this work in to schoolwork, and I was just giving some examples, you know, I said, you know, to, I was actually just getting ready to type, to use facts, and there is actually a lot of research out there that will back up exactly what we teach uh, to bring it about using facts when you're talking to professors and not from a, a theological or just an opinion or a belief, but to be able to back it up, but that I was able to always incorporate, you know, if we were talking about cause and effect, that, uh, you know, most uh, situations like rehabs, they look at changing the behavior of the person to get them to quit doing the drugs or drinking or abuse or whatever, but they never look at the cause that's underlying that behavior, which is the thoughts in the mind and, and uh, getting that to change. And I was able to bring in, you know, the stress management tool whenever we were talking about stress and relationships and and codependency. I mean, I, I was able to incorporate in almost every paper something about the work and and presenting it, but, you know, always presenting it as facts and not just as, you know, this is what we teach or this is my opinion. And so that worked out really good, I think, in the papers. And, and actually a lot of my professors um, talked back to me and asked more questions. And so it was pretty good interaction. Yes, I think you gave some awesome gifts. You probably did more educating than what you learned in that whole process. That was pretty cool. So, anything happening in the chat room? Anybody with a hand up? It looks like we've got about, uh, oh, 17, 16 minutes left, so we've got lots of time for conversation. Uh, nobody has their hand up. So if somebody, oh, a hand just went up. And I think this might be Julie in Ashland, Oregon. 541, you're on the air. Oh, there's my mute. Are you okay. with us, Julie? Hi, Julie? I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> hey, young lady, um, what's on your mind today? How can we support you? Um, well, Friday I was talking to you about my health, and you suggested a fast and so I I couldn't do the fast. I'm I'm not able 
yet to just drop everything and only drink water. Um, and I need, I will do worksheets on it. I didn't though. Um, so why I'm calling is I had a second question on Friday and, um, it was about the, um, the procedure of pap smears that women go through periodically. And, um, I, I decided, uh, I, I just haven't done that in a long time. And, I got into the Oregon Health Plan to, uh, and I made an appointment, and that's the appointment that they they suggested. So uh, it it kept getting postponed by the doctor and rescheduled, and this week I started having questions in my mind about should I do this? Is it going to be invasive? And I don't like treating my body that way. I'd rather just keep taking care of myself energetically. And so I had meant to call in and ask those questions and cancel the appointment, and I didn't, and I forgot. And yet my mind, because I guess I had that as a goal to not go to that appointment, I didn't go to the appointment. And um, so it, my mind remembered for me and, and denied me remembering that I had an appointment. And I'm just not sure where where all the denial is in me. I think it's total denial that I, you know, a fear of going to an appointment and, and yet my mind served me to not go to the appointment more than it served me to look more responsibly into it. And I guess it's a demonstration of how unconscious, uh, how unconsciously I am run by a mind that serves me in in almost a way that is its own mind. It you know what I, I is, is this making any sense? How it is such a separate non-being, um, you know that has a lot of power and control in my life. And still, so my question is, wow, I don't know, it, you know, and here I am wanting to help others, but it's really all boiling down to just do my work, let everything turn out without my input into the outer world. You know, without starting in the outer world first, you know. I guess I, I'm, I'm saying I can be clear within myself and then I will relate to the world differently instead of looking at the world as where to motivate myself from. No, oh, I don't it know. sounds like no, there's perhaps a lot of confusion around the whole issue. And mm-hmm. my my input would be to start really doing some research and then make choices rather than just run from unconscious promptings. Sometimes the unconscious promptings are going to be on target, which sounds like it might have been at this point. But I think you'll find it's a lot more reliable to create your life consciously rather than unconsciously. And so, oh, thank you. And of course, we're back to we're back to the reality management process to clear up the confusion and the unconsciousness. So that would okay. be my uh, my support for you is to start to move through what are these dynamics of fear that need to be forgiven, because fear is one of the most powerful things that will keep us in an unconscious state. And what do we need to work through in order to be fully conscious? I mean, with the most Daring and dangerous and 
what the world would call frightening things going, you're always going to come out a thousand miles ahead if you're fully conscious. So, sounds like a, another cool. layer of unconsciousness getting ready to surface and be healed. So that that's awesome. Okay. That yeah. Okay. Thank you. Because I I forget about confusion being one of my worksheets. So I appreciate you reminding me of that. And and yes, making conscious choices rather than unconscious decisions. What did you say? Call that. What did you, you call that? Um, you said, oh, well, I'll re-listen to it. Unconsciously motivated decisions or something like that. Yes, yes. Yeah, okay. And, Which can and be and from the replacement fear and confusion. For decisions, the replacement for mm-hmm. decisions are choices. Decisions are just brain cells that fire in the mind from whatever content is there. If the content is positive and on track for what you're doing, then your decisions are going to be fairly good. If your your content is off track, then your decisions are going to be poor. Far better to replace it in either event with choices. That is coming from a conscious place, from conscious awareness and conscious being, and choosing what you're going to do rather than just, you know, if I say don't think about the color of your car, what brain cells fire the color of your car? That's a decision. It's just the firing of whatever content is there. Yeah. Exactly, and so then then I'm actually creating, being the creator energy, I'm creating realities in my body that could be, you know, what I really don't want, but I'm creating it from uh, the unconscious, um, disempowered being. Yeah, and so just, yeah. just, you know, that's just another place to do another worksheet and fill out another layer of unconsciousness or another layer, you know. Again, Dr. Tim gave us a powerful sharing uh, at the beginning of the show of, gee, I got this phone call and up came all this stuff I didn't even know was there. And so what did mm-hmm. he do? Went to work on it and cleared it out. So life is life is going to act like a mind shifter. You know, the, in the intensives, we use a mind shifter tool. And our definition of a mind shifter is a mind shifter is a thought about an issue in my life around which I have negative thoughts and it's the opportunity to surface process and release the negative thoughts. Mm-hmm. And so life acts exactly the same way. If we hold an energy that is deleterious to us, we literally set up an energy field. The law of resonance is the law of attraction. Whatever I hold resonating in myself sets up a literal measurable energy field, and through resonance, I draw people toward me who will play those things out with me. So life acts like a mind shifter. Life senses circumstances and situations, even if we don't want to go there, that always hone in on the lowest energy we hold. Why the lowest? Because that's what we've been giving our attention to and pressing down and trying to avoid. The more we press it down, the more we try to avoid it, the more powerfully it resonates. And so life responds to that resonance, and, and it sounds like this is a perfect opportunity for you to clarify a whole other part of your mind around your own health, responsibility for your body, and the way you want to treat yourself. Really? That is big. That sounds like Mind Shifter would be a good place to start. Too. Well, both would be good, wouldn't they? Of course. Well, um, there's, a, 
there's an old saying in an intensive that says all of the above. <laughs> and that's it. It's yeah, an every, old every tool you've got. <laughs> well, whatever the circumstance, if the tool applies, put it to work. Whether it's Michael a mind Rice. shifter, you might you might pick up the commitment, you might pick up a uh, mind goal management sheet, you might pick up the uh, uh, purpose uh, worksheet, you might get engaged in the um, mind shifter process, whatever tool you've got, and and we suggest use wherever a dynamic brings up the use of any tool, then use any and every tool you've got. And what happens is you just peel through and clear through those layers of unconsciousness until you're just a fully conscious, realized being. And that's what we're here to support. That's great. Thank you. And All right. And uh, I think we can call this a Michael Rice proverb, all of the above. <laughs> there you go. Okay. And Dr. Kim, I did really appreciate your sharing today, just sharing the the bare naked truth of what when it hits, this is what it looks like and this is how I recognized it and and I went to work on it and and it surprised me and all of that, you know, it, you know, it's it was a great rendition of how to do the work. I appreciate your sharing all the time. So I will do mine. Thank you. Cool. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Well, thank you for your call, and uh, we're delighted to be on your team and to have have you on ours. And remember, there's that, speaking of Proverbs, that old African proverb that says, if you want to go quickly, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And there's the power of creating a support group, whether it's one, two, or 20 people, that each hold the space for the other, to move through whatever surfaces. And, you know, oftentimes when key issues come up for people, one of the things I've observed people doing is, well, then they want to run and hide. Oh, I have this terrible thing going on. I have to go off and do this all by myself. And they run away from their support. I see that happen all the time in intensives. There's a whole room full of people that are there to hold the space for somebody and this session where the stuff's up in their face, that's the one where they want to go hide out in their room. It's like, no, 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 come, come, come. This is where the support is. Stay with your support. Be with your support. Walk through to the other side of whatever's surfacing and live fully conscious and realized as a human. Yeah. So I'll call my friends <laughs> that I can do worksheets with. All and, right. Uh, yeah. awesome. Thank you. All right. Okay. Good going. Here we go. Off right. into right. the lots continued of... work. <laughs> Thank you. Bye bye. All right. Lots of love and blessings. Bye bye. Mhm. You too. We're down to about four minutes, but we have another caller. It's area code seven six five. I think it might be Sunny. Yes, it's Sunny. And very briefly, I just thought I might offer to Julie, if I may. Um, many times. I will use a doctor just to get the opinion. I mean, they have access to stuff and things that we don't to see that part of our person and our our human, you know, our humanness here, and and get their information and use that to reflect upon with this work that we do. You know, I mean, oftentimes we we just intuitively, especially women. 
of an intuition of we know when something's slightly amiss, but instead of maybe neglecting that aspect of it, go ahead and trust yourself and deal with the doctor, but don't let it, I don't let it get in my head. I mean, they may say I've got the epizootic and the purple polka dot disease, and I'm like, okay, great. Thank you. Have a nice day. Bye-bye now. And I come home and I work with that information. So I don't know if that helps you, Julie, um, in terms of, you know, like being afraid of what they might say or whatever. I mean, there's nothing any doctor can tell you that we can't make every effort to, to fix, turn around, and absolutely heal with this work and all of the above. But, you know, there's a lot that the Greeks developed that I uh, I question greatly. But there's one piece of the puzzle that they offered that I think is absolutely awesome, and that is they said, guard the portals of the mind. Yeah. And be careful the authority that you go to to hear their pronouncements because mm-hmm. oftentimes it's more difficult to refuse that energy from someone who's staying there with a little white coat. Make sure you've got someone who really understands the power of their words and their thoughts to impact and influence you. Because yeah. oftentimes, because of the way, as Dr. Tim was talking about earlier today, we've been conditioned, we're conditioned to receive, believe, accept, and take as fact what the authority says. Right. And that can be a very, very destructive proposition. So I just, yep. you know, put that in the equation. Be careful yeah. what you buy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I just, you know, I respect their opinion, and I'm like, okay, whatever, but those times that you feel that maybe you've done the responsible thing for your health and gone at least got some, you know, whatever, just another opinion, but I tend to follow my instincts, and, you know, it's probably been um, through everything I've been through um, these past six years. I've been to a doctor... Uh, three times, and that would include a dentist and an eye doctor. <laughs> so, yeah, All right. exactly. Just get their opinion and then work with it. And, you know, I, I just blow a lot of it off. But it, it leaves good. the piece of that part of being responsible for myself and having done it, if that helps Julie with her follow-through. So cool. I thank you. Awesome. All right. Well, we're down to the last few seconds, so I'm going to close the show out and thank everybody for joining us. Thank you for your call. And uh, we hold a space of blessing and invite everybody to bring a stranger to the show tomorrow. Create the best year yet of your eternal life. It's an awesome gift to give the world. Blessings. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Mind Shifters Radio with the forgiveness doctor, Dr. Michael Rice and his wife, Jeannie, who present the internal Aramaic process of forgiveness. Michael and Jeannie are here every Monday through Friday on Earth Angels Radio. For more on Michael and Jeannie, please visit www.yagain.com. That's www.whyagain.com. Evolving, continuous
Please. 